Welcome aboard the USS Aeronome. To become a member of our crew, please visit perfectorganism.com slash support. As a patron of Perfect Organism, you'll receive exclusive perks and early access to content. Incoming audio transmission received. Please proceed to Subdeck 3 to begin playback. Thank you, and welcome aboard. I think we ought to discuss the bonus situation. Right. Brett and right. I, we think we ought to, we deserve full shares, right, right David? You see, Mr. Park and I feel that the bonus situation is... Move! Get out of there! George, move! Dad! Move, Dad! Move, Dad! Get out! Welcome to Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast. My name is Jamie Prater, and I'm joined by my co-host. My name is Patrick Reed. <laughs> I don't know what the my name is. You threw me off there, Jamie. What I'm the hell sorry. was that all about? I don't know. Mejamo. <laughs> I feel like it's been a while since I've opened a PO show. Well, we haven't recorded it in a while. It's been like, what, three That's weeks? That's why I brought up, we just had a break. We, are yeah, we a had break. a break That's of true. like a That's whopping true. 11 days or something where it was No, like, it was longer than that. Was it longer than that? I don't know. Mm-hmm, Maybe mm-hmm. it was. I think it's because I was editing one and then I think that's why it threw me off. But yeah, it, well, honestly, I was felt, too, you know. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I mean, it wasn't like a big, a big break. It wasn't like a fucking sabbatical, but it was a, it was a break from recording that's for true. sure. That's true. And I think because of that, uh, it feels really especially refreshing to be here with you tonight. You know, it does. We're, it does. we're sitting here at the, in the twilight of 2021 as people are listening to this it will be the birth of a new year um using Maybe a lot the of last weird year. metaphors who knows, <laughs> who knows 2022 <laughs> doesn't doesn't look great right now um but we are at a, a moment you know in history that continues to unfold before us and we are experiencing it together and it's a pleasure as always my friend i'm very thankful for you i want to say that and i am thankful for you as well and our opportunity to talk about what we love in a community of people we love and appreciate and admire uh, in, of a film franchise that we just adore, that is as poor, as a part of us as our family is, you know, like these movies aren't just movies. That's why we're here. They're more than that. I was thinking about that today, actually, um, about how, like I was looking at the stuff that I own in terms of like the, the trinkets or collectibles. And I have like the, the Oren from the never ending story. I have a replica, of course. I have a replica of Mrs. the original. Yeah, I have a replica of Mrs. Brisby's M or uh, like it's the. Did you ever watch Secret Name? Please tell me you've seen the movie. Uh, you oh, did a frame fuck off! On we did a frame oh, rate on it. What okay. are you talking about? I can't yes. remember. Sorry. Um. Anyways, Mrs. Brisby has a little like a little. I don't know what that thing like a ruby, and it helps her like rescue her children. I have a replica, a small one of that, and I was thinking about like what how magical movies are for me. How movies have transformed my life and movies and for some people i mean i I, i've read books you know lots of books growing up and when i was a teenager and i read here and there as an adult but i don't read as much as i used to but really for me movies 
not just transformed my life, they saved my life. And I, I was just thinking about that. Um, and why, like, for instance, this horse that I'm holding in my, it's like, it's Bucephalus. It's the horse of Alexander the Great. And this is a replica of the horse from the movie, The Black, Black Stallion. Black Beauty, 1994 <laughs> Disney. Patrick needs to watch with his boys. I'll probably watch it when I'm visiting you because... You guys need to watch it. Anyways, I'm. <laughs> to be clear, wonderful... everybody, it's not actually. I, it, I was saying Black Beauty because I was teasing Jamie about it. It's, it's actually talking about the Coppola film, Black yes. Stallion. The Black Stallion, yes, from which is twenty years and, before that. Yeah, when I was, I saw it when I was sixty. When he was a hundred <laughs> years old, it was amazing. <laughs> put it in the nursing home. <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, I am very grateful, and I am in awe of the life that I live and the friends that I have. And I'm happy to be here with you tonight to have a look back a little bit on our year and a look forward on our next year. Um, talk about things that we love, things that were consequential, um, things that moved us and some listener feedback towards the end. Yeah, there's a lot to look ahead to. But before we do, we do want to take a little bit of a look back at some moments from this year. And before we even do that, I also just on the idea of gratitude and movies in particular, there is just this wonderful through line through this whole pandemic for me of these shows being this continual little life support, you know, that gets thrown out to me mm -hmm. because even at my darkest moments during this thing, there have been some really dark moments for many of us, you know. Uh, I always had to still show up to record, you know, and to show up to record, I usually had to watch something or rewatch something or read something. So like it gave me these little footholds, even during the darkest days of like last winter and these moments where things really felt like shit. Um, you know, I was, I was continually revivified by this show and by the stuff we're talking about and mm. by all the fans out there who are listening, all the new patrons we have, we're going to read everybody's names at the end, not as like a marketing ploy to get you to stick around because we don't advertise. So it doesn't matter anyway, but mostly just because it's going to take a while. So we'll read everybody's names at the end, but every one of those little points of light have really just continually added up for me throughout this whole experience. And I'm, I'm just sitting here, you know, again, in this perpetual darkness that we get on the East coast around this time of the year, you know, blanketed by gratitude and by this awareness of how fortunate we are to have this experience. You know, I mean, I've been on the show now for almost five years and, uh, and it's been just an amazing experience for me. And I feel obviously more connected to the shows than ever, but also like, look, we just got to hang out and we're going to hang out again in just about a month. Um, you know, we're going to do, we have a lot of plans that we're going to be sharing tonight about things we're going to do next year, including some virtual things to try to get back to something like a normal sort of a year in terms of projects. So we're going to talk about that thing, that too. But just before we do, in terms of gratitude, I'm just so thankful for the team that we have right now at Perfect Organism. That's something that I am just blown away by. You know, we, we've played around with different configurations of people through for the years. And we've had, you know, people call in, do job interviews. We've had many people come on and off the show just, uh, you know, who had to stop because they were too busy or they had other engagements and things. And we kind of, you know, we've always had this sort of a free relationship with additional personnel outside of, you know, us since I came on board at least. 
and this year things really just solidified. You know, we mm-hmm. had a couple of people come in late last year, like Madge and Perry, and then and then this year, just in the last you know seven or eight months, we've gotten Christian, who's just incredibly knowledgeable and wonderfully passionate. We have Andy, who brings such an, a grounded perspective and such a deep affinity for aliens and for family and all these wonderful things. We have Xander, who is just killing it with content and is just like the heart and soul of these things and having them there, you know, to help technically when we're doing recordings live has been amazing. We have uh, just this wonderful group of people, including old stalwarts like Dave Gogol, who keeps coming on, even though he does xenomorphing people like Aaron Percival, who's been on so many times, you know, mm-hmm. these, these friends of ours that, that through the years, they don't, they don't go away, you know? And, and I, I just feel like uh, there have been moments this year where I have sort of just sat back and allowed people to talk and just reveled in how many things I've had to learn about. And I, I just feel really thankful for that. Yeah. As am I, um, I, I, as we were talking about offline or off the record earlier about thankfulness and gratitude and how important that is and um, how that's been a, a mantra that I've been trying to wake up every day with being thankful when I have anxiety, letting my voice of thankfulness and gratitude be stronger than my anxiety, you know, and um, I, I'm really at this place in my life now where I, I probably not to get too deep into it, but like, I'm just the most, I'm just at the best place in my life I've ever been. And, and p- part of that is because of the gratitude that I feel and um, just, just a reset. And I know that there's a lot out there right now, that's like, if you read the news, everything's dark and gloomy. And I refuse that. I really do. Like, I, I, I completely reject that. I reject that, that things are awful and are, are going to get worse. I think that I really believe that the best is ahead of us, not just in terms of the show, but us as, as, a, as a community of people, as a country, uh, as the United States, as a world community. We're going to get through this. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. This is not the end of the world. It is, we, of course, we have lost lives during this and it's been completely tragic. And I would never minimize that. And some people feel like maybe they won't be the same. But regardless, we are going to get through this and we're going to be stronger for it. And I'm excited that I've been, I've had good friends to journey through this with, honestly. And yeah, I just, I'm just grateful. I'm completely grateful. Amen. And we hope you're grateful out there too, because we are going into a year where we have some legit new content yes, to talk about, including the Hulu series, which of course is coming out in 2023 as of this you know time, but will be in production through 2022. And that in terms of things to look forward to is very, very high on my list. Yes. We've been having so many interesting conversations offline about this thing. Um, you know, dealing with these like leaked details about casting and some leaked story idea details that may or may not be, you know, factual, um, trying to figure out in the context of Noah Hawley's career, what decisions might be leading to. And, you know, the little interviews that he's done, I, I feel like for me, I truly don't know what this is going to be. And it's an uncomfortable place to be in, but it's also the place to be in that I treasure the most because it's like anything could happen. And, and so the feeling, you know, when we've been talking in our staff group about this has been just, it's been, it's been really getting me excited because I'm realizing that now we're heading into a year where we do have something in production. You know, I wasn't a part of Perfect Organism before Covenant came out. So I wasn't here for like the ramp up to Covenant. 
this is the for me this we're is the here first. for the ramp down of it <laughs> here for the ramp down which we're going to talk about in a little bit too but um in terms of like the, the ramp up period of something i haven't been here yet for that so i'm like really excited about it of course 2049 on our, on our shoulder oh, Ryan yeah. show oh, yeah. i was there for that and that was really mm-hmm. exciting too but you know mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty rare that we get because these franchises are huge and they've been around for a long time. It's, pre- it's pretty rare that we get a new, you know, marquee level product to talk about. And we're going to have one really to talk about very soon. 10 hours of it, 10 fucking hours of it. And that's going to be exciting. And let's get into that just for a little bit. Cause we, there have been some conversations. There have been some leaks, essentially what the leaks were, were casting leaks in terms of what characters they're casting for and description of those characters. Now I don't want to get into what those descriptions are because I think, they're ultimately divisive. I don't actually think that that's the characters we're going to see in the show. And uh, the leaks were reported by our friends at AVP Galaxy, who I I, I know and trust. Um, but at the same time, that information they were reporting on was not available anywhere. So it wasn't a leak that was on a website that you could go and see. Someone just told them something and they reported on it. And that's kind of unusual. So I've been a little bit skeptical, not not to say that I don't believe them because I do, but I have a hard time talking about something that no one else is privy to because it just, it's not real. It's just, Oh, someone told you. So we're talking about it. We could do that. Not that again, we trust the guys at AVP galaxy, Aaron specifically, they're really great, but I had a hard time with that. Now what's on the record is shooting uh, based off of a, an article with one of the producers or whatever. They said that they're going to start production in March and they're shooting for a 2023 release. They said it looks likely that that's when the show will release, which is great. But the real, the real meat is the setting, which is it's set on earth in the near future. And of course, all of us are what, well, what does that mean? How do you do a story on earth? And we've been breaking that down a little bit. Like, well, wasn't Ripley trying to keep the aliens off of earth. And if that's true, how could they set an alien film or an alien show on earth? Like, isn't that incongruous? Like, and you know, there's a lot of questions there. And I, I think that those are worthy questions for sure. And I think that you could get around that, but I think in large part, the trepidation is with the setting. Um, but I don't, I'm honestly, I'm not worried about it. I'm, I'm just not worried about it. And I think with everything that we've seen, that we love if it's working if it's awesome if the characters are great none of this will matter that's true it's been funny discussing it because we've been trying to work this out in terms of canon you know like all these words about the near future on earth like when he said that it probably he probably wasn't thinking twice about it but for all of us nerds out there with timelines you know we've been desperately trying to figure out how to reconcile this and what implications it would have for the prequels but also for the main continuity of the the film starting with the original trilogy and also with the expanded universe because of course much of that is canon now uh you know and is this like a black side operation similar to what we saw in into charybdis christian pointed out that that could be a possibility that's something that wayland and wayland yutani was you know, involved in previous to the events in Alien. So that could be a possibility. Uh, and, you know, my whole thing was <clears throat> that I'm completely okay with it being a near future on Earth scenario. I personally don't want the actual XX one to one creature that we know so well mm-hmm. to be a part of it only because I feel like it is further diluting the mystery around the creature, which is a big problem that I have with Covenant specifically, but also that it is, uh, it's, it's like, 
it's throwing too many wrenches into the continuity that we've already been pretty good at establishing for me to be able to get behind. I feel like a lot of the, you know, Alan Dean Foster, who speaking of memorable moments this year, that was one of the first things we did was talk to him, which was amazing. His uh, Alien Origins prequel novel for Covenant uh, to, to me wasn't his best work, but it had a lot of interesting stuff in it. And part of the interesting stuff in it was that, you know, aliens weren't really a, a, an issue. It was about this, you know, nascent religious movement and about, you know, a technocracy and about these androids being created. And it was a really interesting story that felt very alien, but it wasn't alien specific in terms of the animal that was in it, the creature. So if the Hulu series, in my opinion, does something like that, if it talks about corporate Great espionage. If it talks about, I mean, you know, the the leaked character things, regardless of whether we think that's you know legit or not, it hints at very different themes, right? It hints at transhumanism, um, which is something that has been explored a lot lately in the Blade Runner universe. Anybody who's reading Origins and listened to our last episode knows what I'm talking about. But also, uh, it's been explored quite a bit in Alien lately with the Alex White novels, in particular, especially with characters like Blue Marsalis, who of course is a transhuman character. So this is something that is percolating around and in that casting sheet they were talking about this you know the identity is in somebody else's body and things so i could see noah hawley taking a very different direction on this and i would applaud him for it i would also be surprised because i don't think it would be easy to get a greenlit without a creature in it if it's called oh, for sure for sure right? they won't even even when they announced the the show the graphic was the creature i mean they're yeah, not they they're not the going to call it alien like there's they're just not going to do it they won't yeah yeah. People will be pissed. So, People will be pissed, not because they're not seeing it, but because they're being marked, they're being lied to. And we've already been sort of lied to before, kind of. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's one of those things where I, I truly feel like almost any decision is going to piss some people off, which yeah. it should because it's an important thing for people. Like it's good. But, uh, you know, I, I we were talking about like, I was like, what if we have like xenomorphs playing fucking kickball somewhere? <laughs> I just like thinking all these worst case scenarios for it, which of course it won't be because Noah Hall no. is an incredibly brilliant person. But yeah, I just have no idea at this point in time. You know, it's going to be funny to listen back to in a couple of years because we're going to hear ourselves sounding like such morons, like groping in the darkness about this series. But anyway, what, what are your thoughts on it right now? Well, uh, at its heart, and I've said this before in varying or various interview or various episodes that we've released. The alien really is about human darkness and us facing ourselves, facing ourselves in situations where we would never expect to find ourselves in. I mean, Ripley embodies that, right? And I think that's the heart of what alien is about. And I'm not just saying alien, the movie, the original alien, the IP it's about humans facing our darkest fears and the darkest parts of who we are. That's what it's about. And to talk about alien for a second, the alien on that ship was Ash, the alien on that ship or the, 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 the biggest threat on that ship was Ash and the company. They were behind this. And if you continue with Ripley's journey, the company is still the biggest threat. And the alien is just a byproduct of that darkness. Um, she's experienced what she did because the company allowed it to happen. And for me, that's what's at the heart of the alien series. It's about who we are, who we are when we face our darkest fears. Um, it's not, it's less about like with Blade Runner, what makes us human um, and all of those very important conversations. Whereas alien is, can you face yourself? Can you face your fears? And what does that look like? And you can either, I mean, Ripley, again, embodies this amazingly. She 
not just she just doesn't face her fears. She brings others along on her journey to try and help or save them. Now, was she successful? We don't really know. And the big question was Ripley trying to stop an infestation from Earth or stop the company from getting the creature to Earth? In her mind, maybe, but that doesn't mean that the company wasn't doing other things that she doesn't know about, which is probably likely the case because I always relate Wayland Yutani or the company to real life. Like we can work for a corporation, a corporation that has a really great front facing image. Oh, we do this and we do that and we do this and we do that. In fact, Alien Abandon, which we'll talk about in a little bit, our audio drama explores this too. The, the face of a company and what they amazing work that they can do for individuals at the same time being really shady and doing really shady things. Um, and I have no doubt that Wayland Yutani was doing other things. Now, maybe they wanted the Nostromo to pick up a specimen for sure. Um, but that doesn't mean there, there weren't six other ships or whatever in other galaxies or whatever of them trying to get different iterations or, or, or something. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting, but I think, at least for me, that's what Alien's about. And if Holly can hone in on that, it's not really about the creature. The creature is like, it's it. what makes it exciting. It's, you know, we want to see the, the, the alien. But for me, I want the alien to scare me again. I want it to be jet black and in the dark. I don't want to see it. I want it to be what Ridley Scott made it in the original film. Now, it doesn't have to be the big chap or whatever, XX1, whatever. Um but if they can can successfully tell a story that's human, that we can relate to with characters we can believe in, I don't care. I don't care what they do. So you you wouldn't be bothered at all if this is so. So the first film was set in 2122, which as I'm saying it, I'm realizing is we're, we're coming up on the 100 year pre-anniversary of it, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So as people are listening to this, congratulations, it's 2022, which is 100 years before Alien happens. Um <laughs> But the, uh, you know, so, so near future, then, you know, you have before that covenant and Prometheus. So let's say, so we're, we're like already subtracting a couple decades. Let's say this is set in 2050, for example, on earth. And in that context, I'm like a lab somewhere in, you know, North Dakota, there's an actual big chap style alien in it that wouldn't like upset you at all. No, because who's to say that they hadn't come in contact with the eggs just like that somewhere else with another person. Honestly, my biggest issue is the setting of this more than the creature because the creature is again, is the byproduct. We've seen it on a ship. We've seen it on a planet. They went back to the same planet and then they're on fury one, six, one. So we've seen the alien on a prison colony and they're all trapped with this thing. We've seen it on a ship, all trapped with this thing. We've seen it on an actual planet colony, and they're again trapped with this thing. We've seen it on another ship, Resurrection. They're all trapped with these aliens. We've seen it in Prometheus. They go back to another planet. They find something similar-ish again. Then they go to Covenant, same kind of thing again. How many different settings can we tell these stories in? How many settings are left? Very, very few. How many times can we go into a or on a spaceship or a space station or a facility? Well, really, a facility is kind of the last, the undiscovered country we've never seen. I mean, you could say resurrection was a facility and they were growing the aliens, but I don't 
know if i mean maybe maybe in this series it's going to be something similar where the company is going to be experimenting they've come in contact with a form of this entity and they're experimenting and things go crazy i think that that could be interesting but and i know we're going to get into this later it could be a different life cycle it could be a different form it might have a a similar presentation where the architecture Giger's architecture is in place but it looks a little bit different i'm fine with that i don't need the big chap at all i'm just saying it can have the same architecture and look and um i'd be okay with it i'm okay with that too it better be the fucking same architecture that 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 to me is fine right to me what i'm saying though is is when we're saying it has to have an alien in it i don't want it to have the alien in it that's something to me that feels like it would make me uncomfortable a little bit because it would make ripley's journey it would make ripley's journey feel weird to me it would be like this whole thing was it was it was useless because it already had happened right so when she's trying to like prevent the company from getting this their hands on the creature you know, even if you're not even talking about Earth, but just like to get to keep the company from getting the creature for their bioweapons division, if they already had it like a hundred years earlier, to me it just fe- it just feels awkward. It, it will make it feel awkward to me. No, that's all. reality though. Like that's like we only know this much of what the companies that we work for do. Honestly, yeah. But wouldn't you rather the- be something else, not the exact same thing? Not not like Listen, well, here we've had this discussion before, where every alien movie we see, it's changed a little bit. Why do they keep doing that? Like. They don't, his, Giger's art was enough. You could actually go to his work and maybe do a different iteration of his work. Like yeah. you can do his original design of it. That would be interesting. Maybe not the black eyes, but something more similar. Um, I just, I don't have a problem with, because for me, the creature is the least of our issues. Even in Covenant, which we've discussed, the alien presence is problematic, not because of how they look, but because because how they're treated, right? So that's my issue. If they can present it in a way where we're seeing this thing and it's scary, I don't give a fuck what it looks like. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I don't, give one I don't know who, who knows. This is so. We're, this is like so preliminary. You know, it, it, and I agree. If everything is masterful around this, then I truly don't give a shit, right? I can be convinced of a lot of things if the if the actual material is good enough. I'm just saying here, sitting here, I'm getting a lot of feelings of like AVP Requiem. Where you have you know aliens running around a pizza shop and it just bought. <laughs> I don't want to see that you know. Um, but who, who, who point, knows? Though, to your point, I think we're all nervous. We're all nervous <laughs> because this IP has not delivered arguably since 1986. Even though you and I love Alien Three, there's plenty of people who don't. It has yeah. not delivered in a way that's pleasing to a wider audience since 19 fucking 86. That's but a problem. I, but let me say though, Noah Hawley is not the person to do that. That's, that's something that I will say. A lot of people feel like Noah Hawley's work is just too out there. You know, like Legion is, is genuinely hard to watch and I love it, but I, I, I find it disorienting. A lot it of is. Time. Fargo similarly is like, it's, I mean, if I like Fargo actually way more than Legion, I think Fargo is like a fucking astounding achievement in television. But they're so wildly different i can't even like one's like this acid trip one is more of a more relatable kind of regular setting they're totally different right but but even fargo the television series which is on its face way more is way more conventional and a lot of people i know don't like the show like they're like oh yeah it's pretty dark it's pretty slow like it's it's kind of a lot you know cameron's movie was not that to anybody everybody who saw alien and then aliens was like okay i love it it was great it speaks my language right 
I'll have to push back on you a little bit. Everyone I've heard talk about Fargo has said that they've loved it. I've not yeah. ever heard any. Now, I have heard like, oh, season three was my least favorite. I think Chris Rock was in it. But every I mean, the chorus about Holly shows are like, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. Like, I've not heard anything different. Maybe an outlier say here and there where well, I didn't like it. But generally, out of 10 people, none of them are saying how amazing these shows are. So and I think I would imagine Holly gets it like he gets his audience. He gets the story. He get like, hopefully he doesn't pull a Ryan Johnson. Um, even though I love the last Jedi, I get why it was problematic. I, I think you have to have someone understand the material. And honestly, I don't know if Holly really understands the material. I feel like he does because you need to understand it. And arguably Ridley Scott doesn't really understand the material anymore. Yeah. He but, then, but then Holly does things like this casting sheet, which talks about slapstick if it's humor. Real. If it's real, we and don't it even talks know about if that's Hermit real. and Wendy, a brother and sister tag team, and they're looking Kermit. for people it was, with first like, it was Kermit. Then they changed it to Hermit. I don't. <laughs> like, I, I honestly, it just I, feels again, weird. I don't I, know. No offense to our friends, Aaron. I just don't know if that's real. That just doesn't. It sounds like out of out of Alex's book. It just sounds a little bit convenient. I I I, I don't know. And the fact that that's not even been made public anywhere. Those casting calls weren't published anywhere. Yeah. We're going to see. We're going to see all this shit. And we're going to probably laugh about this episode a lot. I will say one thing. I had an idea the other day. You know, we were talking about egg morphing. Okay. And, uh, you know, the sequence, of course, in the in the director's cut of Alien and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, and, and I and Christian and others were, our chief complaint with it isn't necessarily the idea. It's that it's so disruptive to the flow of the end of the movie and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I was thinking about why it's not scary to me, even though it kind of should be because it hits the body horror tropes that get to me a lot. And like, what's, you know, what could be frightening about it. And then I kind of rewrote it in my head and scared myself a lot. And <laughs> I would love if, if Holly, Noah Holly, you're clearly listening to this episode right now. Oh, yes. we, we, we all know he and Neil Blomkamp are probably both listening and they're probably both like shooting ideas Please. around, you know? Um, no, <laughs> that's a joke people. Uh, although, Hey, you know, if, if he is, that'd be great. But what I would love to see is they are trying to invoke some sort of Genesis. You know, they're trying to create life. They're trying to mutate life and use accelerants similar to the accelerant that we know is the black goo from the canonical series, but they haven't like discovered it yet. So they're trying to synthesize something like it. And that leads to like this egg morphing, almost parthenogenic parthenogenetic thing where the where you know you can turn somebody from one thing into another thing mm -hmm. over a period of time but what scared me was this idea that during egg morphing and then forever afterwards the host organism that is changed is still is still conscious still sentient yes so they're trapped well that's what was happening away. in alien they well, were no, still but, conscious. Well, well, no, but Brett wasn't conscious anymore. I mean, they, they, they well, were Dallas conscious was. for like the eight hours of the transformation or whatever, however long that was. I'm talking yeah. about for forever. Like basically oh. that they would be in a suspended state oh. of limited consciousness, sim similar to like a brumating lizard, right? So they, they have basically no metabolism. They don't need to generate any heat. They're only there to keep the embryo inside the face hugger alive so that it's a symbiotic thing that can last for hundreds of years potentially. Mm. And you are just alert enough to have to be aware that you don't have a mouth to scream with. That to me would be very, very frightening. So if they were able to do something like that, where like it was genetic experimentation, that could be very scary to me. And then it would also feel geekerish to me without necessarily being the actual literal big chap that we get. Mm -hmm. And I think that would be scary. So if it's something like that, near earth future, 
I'm all on board. Yeah. And honestly, I think that would probably work better, to be honest with you. I think if it's an iteration of something that we've seen, I do think when Covenant was working in terms of life cycle, and we're going to get in this on a formal episode, which will be the next episode that re- releases, I think, on January 28th after this one. Um, but I, I think when Covenant was really working well, um, it was in the life cycle and how that whatever that substance was, how it was using like vehicles to transmit and to reproduce and to latch on to things. I love that. And I hope he explores that. And I think there's a lot of horror in those things. I think, right. I mean, I, I also still believe that that egg morphing scene we know that was cut is horribly like, it's just completely horrific. It scares the shit out of me to be, you're sitting in this place and you're being slowly transformed into something. I mean, you'll eventually die before it, finishes but you're conscious for a minute and there's no and can you imagine that creature comes back to its nest and there you are transforming into this thing and you're stuck like it's it's scary but what if if you don't but what if you're stuck forever what if you become part of the landscape of the tunnel you know and the host never shows up that 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 it would open up into and you're just stuck there for the rest of basically hundreds and hundreds of years until the metabolic cycle stops to me that's fucking terrifying and feels yep. very appropriate to Avery. i agree so i might, I might I even write like a short story about it or something to, Ooh, to me yeah. that's very scary Ooh, that'd be uh, good like audio drama hmm. mm. but i'm not doing those anymore after. <laughs> <laughs> i love how the first one isn't even done and we're like oh, let's see uh anyway so yeah so that's all to say that the hulu series is clearly going to be a lot of fun to talk about i can't wait to be proven wrong i'm sure i will be i'm, I'm not trying to shit on anything i'm just saying i'm just being honest with my personal hesitations right now we'll see oh, how, how it goes how about that Oh, we're wearing the same shirt. I know. (laughs) (laughs) On January 4th. Well, it's not really January 4th. It is December 20th. It is December 20th right now, but it will be January 4th soon. Also, the episode after that is not January 28th, because that, that would be way late, wouldn't it? Oh, it's wait, is it, it's 14 days later, so is it the, yeah. the 18th? People can do the math. It may be the 18th yeah. or whatever. Okay, 17th. Yeah, okay. We'll, we'll consult the calendar. Um, it's 2022, I, I, it's too far away. Before we move on, just last thing I want to say on the Hulu series, fans ner- are nervous. Honestly, the fans are nervous, and hopefully Disney and Holly and people that are responsible for this IP really understand that and one thing that's been troubling to me is how they've advertised like it's going to have the horror of the first one and the action of the second alien and aliens and they've said that about other things that they've released as well and they never work out that way you know and they're never they don't live up to that like and when i read that i was like stop fucking saying this stop setting us up for failure because if it doesn't deliver on this and it ends up being resurrection or it ends up being prometheus you're done it's done it's done there's no coming back from it yeah um, i mean they would be done anyway if that were the case I think, yeah you know yeah we'll see yeah. Let's see. I don't know. Ooh, I, yeah. I am I am a little nervous. I, but why are we even nervous about it? I don't know. It's it's well, well we we're are. nervous about we it because we, because this is something we hold dear to us. It's something yeah, that's that we, okay. That, that's okay. That, that we spend our lives talking about day in and day out. <laughs> that's true. It just it feels ridiculous to be scared. But whatever. Well, I'm not like scared, scared. It's just terrified. Like, you know, you're fucking that, shaking, Jamie. <laughs> I can see you're crying right now. In that in that sphere that we operate, it's a concern for sure. Yes, it is. And we feel ownership over it. I feel like I understand alien 
better than Ridley Scott does. Honestly. It would be a great way to prove that. What? Would be for Noah Hawley, who's clearly listening to this, come to on come this on the show, show and fucking <laughs> talk to us about it, or anybody affiliated with this thing to come on would be absolutely great. Hey, before we move be on to other stuff, um, I, I also just, you know, because it's come up a couple of times in terms of things to be grateful for this year, like we got a ton of content this year in a a lot of forms we had the comics come out which have been fucking great the second arc is going full steam ahead right now it's wonderful uh we had philip come on multiple times which is great well i'm sure we'll come on next year as well uh we also had uh, the fate of the nostromo board game come out that was like a huge hit all over the country that was amazing and scott the creator came on which was really cool and then we also had of course fireteam elite come out which was a very big deal and it's just had a major expansion released and people are back online playing it again. And I feel like that was another, uh, you know, that's like a, a, a big thing that came out this year. We had the art book, the Aliens art book come out we this had year. We the art it's book the 35th out this anniversary year. of Aliens. Yes, we had that's the 35th happening. anniversary of Aliens. We're on the tail end of that. We're about to be in the pre 100th anniversary of Alien. No, but there was just, there was a lot, <laughs> a lot came out. Yeah, and the 35th anniversary, that's actually what I was thinking about. For the 35th anniversary of Aliens, there were things released to commemorate that, including uh the freaking great vasquez uh descendant comic book that's right I can't remember aftermath. The name. aftermath thank you i was thinking annihilation that was right uh and that was great and of course the creator of that came on the show which was really fun too that all brings me to this to this thing where um you know we talk a lot about the amount of time between major releases between mm-hmm. films and between series and things but it's great to take a moment and step back and look at what we actually did get this year, which was like a, just a ton of really cool stuff. Oh, the other thing, of course, is Into Charybdis, which came out back in February, That's right. I think. That's right. Which was another just huge release. And of course, Alex came on the show for that, which was just just wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of great things. Uh, and for me, in terms of our content that we created, um, well, there's a lot to talk about. But one specifically was the Jeanette Goldstein interview, which was kind of a long time coming. Um, we've been talking about it for a while. We wanted to get her on the show for a few years now. And it all coalesced. It happened. And it was probably one of the greatest things that we've ever done. And I think right now it's our most popular episode. Um, and it was a dream come true to be talking to Vasquez on Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast. Did you ever think when you started the show 300 years ago that was going to happen? <laughs> uh when you were when your grandfather was a baby i was started this. um no i mean i always have there's always stars in my eyes honestly um and i always would love to and i just think if i'm earnest and honest with people that they'd be like oh yeah sure that's not really how it goes um most of the time well not most of the time some of the time people want something from you or they want you to be somebody um to come on your show because they don't like little people little people aren't going to do anything for them so to have talked to the people, to have spoken to the people that we have spoken to or interviewed, it's just been amazing. And again, as amazing as Jeanette Goldstein's interview was, we also interviewed, was this last year we interviewed uh, Ralph Brown or was it early this year? I can't that remember. That was the very tail end of 2020. That was December oh, you're right. of 2020. You're right. Okay. Yeah. And that was really amazing. Um, so to have these people who played these characters that ruminate in our hearts and walk around in that space that only our hearts have access to is, was just something else. Um, and you take a piece of that with you and I will forever be changed by the interview with Ralph Brown and Jeanette Goldstein, um, characters who are live on in our favorite films, you know? 
It's amazing. And John Sorensen too, just a shout out yes, to that. That absolutely. was another interview that was like just so fucking surreal this year. Uh, one other one that I will just never forget. You know, I've, I've of course watched Alien multiple times since that interview came out and I've never seen it the same way. Like every mm-hmm. time you see a Nostromo you know, model on screen, I'm thinking I talked to somebody who might've helped with that part of that model. You know, is it just amazing? Um, so yeah, I, 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 you know, of course, Randy Falk came on, you talked to him from NECA. That was a big one for us. We also lost people this year, including Yafa Koto. Mm-hmm. And we did a really mm-hmm. memorable, uh, mm-hmm. episode on that. I thought with, with Christian before he had come on officially on the team, that's something that, uh, you know, has really stuck with me. And then of course, once Christian was on and Andy came on, we did Poppins got a pulse rifle that you know, yes. great show about parenthood and aliens, which was really fun, but not to go, you know, not to pat ourselves on the back too much, but it, 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 we did do a lot of really cool stuff this year. And I feel really, you know, it, it's interesting. It's, it's easy to lose sight of that when it's happening, but you know, we're at a moment of reflection and just going back to the Jeanette Goldstein interview, there were so many moments in that where I was just like, really, I actually literally pinching myself where I was like, it's like, don't get too starstruck. Like we have to keep recording, which is funny because she wasn't giving off any vibes that we should have been starstruck. She was just so chill, but I would just, my personal self who just loves that character so much and has had her in my heart for so long was just like, so in awe that we were talking to her and she was so kind and so, open and honest and like the little things like her doorbell going off these these little moments that reminded me of like oh yeah she's just like chilling in her kitchen right now mm-hmm. when her husband walked by in the background and of course you know he wanted to get a copy of aftermath the benjamin percy comic that had come out that you was thought it was her son her character i thought okay he, he looked so he looked so young <laughs> he did he did um she looks young too they, they both yeah, look she, terrific she but i i was just i was she's just shocked 62. for some reason. she's very young yeah, she's doing, you know, she's doing hopefully a lot more great work to come, especially with her bra business too and everything else. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, uh, just a great moment was having, you know, Jeanette Goldstein's husband ask me to repeat what the name of the comic book was that was starring the descendant of the character that his wife played, whom I was talking to in that moment. It was just one of those moments where I was like, man, we are really lucky to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know? to be the show or the people that, because it was you like, oh, have you read aftermath and she's like no what is that and they're like oh you're like it's actually it's it's the nephew i think it was the nephew of your character who went back to hadley's hope and she's like really really and it was (laughs) like we got to do that for her or with her it was great yeah wasn't that so cool i thought about that too andy's girls came on the show and got to talk to her for a little bit like it was just it was a highlight and we're not like i don't feel like we're patting ourselves on the back we're just reveling in the access that we've had, the joy that we've been able to experience as a show and as for our listeners too, because you guys are there with us when we're, you know, you're listening to us experience these things and you're with us as we experience these things. Yeah. We are just vectors for all the other nerds out there who wish they could be doing this too. Like we, we are here the same exact mindset you have, which is, this is so fucking cool, you know? So yeah, hopefully you can live vicariously through that for those moments a little bit too. There's something else I wanted to say about, oh, Tides of Night. We didn't talk about that. That was another right. big thing this year. Our previous audio drama was just getting to do Connor's you know, piece and all the incredible work you did on it. Getting to write the music was so fun for me. And the voice acting was incredible. And that brings me to something that we might want to tee up for people for next year, if you want to lead us into it. We could. So I wrote a feature script, feature audio drama strip, script called Alien Abandon. And... Um, I can give a small synopsis of the story. So Wendy and Hermit is a brother Wendy, and sister. Hermit, slapstick yeah. humor. They're all transhuman. They're all um, transhuman. One's a Zeno. <laughs> <laughs> Human. Um, anyways. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a small band of 
scientists and geologists and their uncompany orders to go and check out the planet to see if it's worth being terraformed and it's a desert planet well not really even a desert planet it's like a barren dry planet and they're there to see if it's worth terraforming and some things happen and the script has been done for a few months now we've just cast it we're going to be recording probably second week in january um, rehearsing and recording we have a great cast lined up we're paying our cast and all of that money is coming from patreon so your money is going right to work when people write under you know, our posts of our audio drama saying, I can't wait for more. I can't wait for more. Just know that our Patreon money makes it possible for us to do more because I'm at this place now where if we end up doing more audio dramas, I don't, I want to pay our talent. It's not that we can give them very much money, but I want to give them something for their time. Um, we're not paying ourselves. We're paying them because it's the right thing to do. But again, Patreon makes it possible. It's, it's making all of this possible. So that's going to be released on Alien Day 2022, which is, of course, April 26th. And I'm really excited about it. And we just cast it as well. And yep. the voice cast, it, the, for one thing, we got so many auditions this time. Sigourney Weaver. Unbelievable. Sigourney <laughs> Weaver, Michael Bean, and Ridley Scott, for some reason, yep. is also doing a voice part. It's going to be very <laughs> interesting. Even very angry about everything. Uh, no, the casting, we got like so many great auditions, like so yeah, many most, great auditions. The most I've ever received. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've never gotten anything like that. It was like yeah. 20 total almost. Uh, almost 30. So like 27. Almost 30. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. And yeah. uh, and so many of them were apt. They were all great, but some of them were so fantastic. We actually had to have a big roundtable audition review with the whole team on board, everybody who could make it. And we went through every single thing in detail all together and had a lot of very intense discussions about you know what we felt was most appropriate. And we landed on three you know, actors that we just adore. And there's going to be some other voices in there that you will know well, potentially. And uh, it's just, it's going to be so fun. And another Patreon thing is we now have money to hire a musician to perform yes. the music, which is great. And so our great friend, Drew, a friend of ours who did the Weirding Way with us this year, our Patreon exclusive frame rate series is going to be playing the cello for this. And I'm going to write the score with him. We're both composers and we grew up doing music together. So I'm going to travel to New York and we're going to work together on it. And that of course is funded by patreon so you know when you're listening to the soundtrack and you're like wow they got like real live music this time yeah it's because of you who are supporting the stuff this i gotta say i think on all fronts whether it's you scoring it and uh the cast it's going to be the most ambitious audio drama we've ever released there's going to be a lot of visual components to this i'm going out um to a couple locations and i'm going to shoot just for some visual companions because it I have there's the right locations just to make this as immersive as possible. And I hope everyone loves it. And I hope they love it as much as I loved writing it. And hopefully it's successful. So it's my favorite script yet. Is it and really? You're hearing, the, and you're hearing this from uh, <laughs> one of the co-stars of the very first Alien Proximity audio drama. That's that we ever did. right. As, royalty, as somebody who knows what he's talking about. This is royalty on the program tonight. <laughs> Sigourney was not available. Um, no, <laughs> I, 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 it's Andrew, my favorite one. What was your name? What was your I was thinking Aaron Andrews too. Is it, Aaron, it, it, it was is Aaron, Aaron though, wasn't it? It's no, Aaron, Aaron Andrews. Is it really? Yeah, it's Aaron Andrews because um, I named him Aaron after um, it's like some Alien Three thrown in there. And yeah. then um, remember when he, he someone's over the comms and Mister Aaron, remember? Yeah. So that's he's. Yeah, I think you're right. Aaron Andrews, is, yeah. So I'm so it's, sure. it's it's like the two. <laughs> And it's Anne. The two wardens from uh, yeah. Aaron and from Anne. Three, yeah, Aaron, funny, Aaron Andrews, which is funny. I grew up with uh, siblings named Aaron and Anne, so Did I you think really look at mm-hmm. it. it. Comes full circle. Look at mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, we're really excited about that. We're also talking about, speaking of next year, doing a live event, but doing it semi-in-person, semi-non-in-person. So Jamie's going to be back out here for something else. That's not, not a Patreon-funded you know, funded trip. He's, he's coming out for other things, but we're going to hang out for a couple of days again, which I'm extremely excited about, as are my kids and my wife. We can't wait to host him again. And uh, during that time, since we'll be physically together, we're going to explore the idea of doing like a live event where we'll like sit down together, actually like in person with a camera set up and everything, have some stuff to talk about, have some things to show you guys, maybe some visuals, make some sort of like an event, maybe have everybody at home join us live and, you know, crack a beer open or something and, and make it feel like we're all in the same space together. Yeah. Of, and of have course, people hoping- who can come there, like our friends, Dave Gogol and our teammates, Christian and Andy and maybe Mash show up if they want to. Um, yeah, hopefully little, by little the party. Yeah, I mean, hopefully everyone can be self at you know at home testing or whatever and make sure it's okay. But I think eventually what we really want to do is we want to get out and actually do a mini live event. But if that happened, it wouldn't be until probably at least next fall because we don't know where COVID is. We won't know where it's going to be, and we know right now it's not in any place good. So we have to yeah. be a bit more careful about that. So. I feel like we missed the window a little bit this year but, it, but it's did. tough because that window gets so tight so quickly that it's just you know but and also it so there's a window but then so we as people need to do things that are good for us so it's hard to like take that precious time and do something like for the podcast because it's like well but i need to go on vacation with my family you know what yeah. i mean it's a yeah. limited window i mean and we're going to go through a, a a winter phase with this and we'll come out of it like we did last year and it'll be better but yeah yeah, but we'll we are going to do that full scale live event on the East Coast, at least for sure. Yes, uh, but might maybe not quite yet. But before then, though, I'm really excited about this little mini event that we're going to do. And hopefully it'll capture some of the some of the same feel, you know? Yes, yes. In terms of other things that we wanted to talk about tonight, I want to make sure we thank the patrons. I know we were going to talk about some comments. Oh, also, we were talking about Covenant. I wanted to kind of do a little recap about some of the Covenant journey this year, if we can, just for a few minutes. So for me, another really memorable event was when we did our first kickoff, just the two of us for the Covenant Mm -hmm. series, and we revisited Mm -hmm. the same discussion that we had had the first time I came on the show. And, uh, and it was just such a, such an, it's another one of our most downloaded episodes ever. It was such an interesting conversation because our relationship with the movie, both of our relationships with the film have just changed and become more complex and more difficult to talk about. And I think that's why, even though we then went on to do multiple roundtables on that same topic, which are all also among our most downloaded ever, I think that people enjoy the process of us trying to parse out exactly what we're trying to say about a movie that continually makes it hard to pin down. It's a movie that moves in such unexpected ways for better or for worse that it is like almost always an interesting conversation to have. So some of my favorite moments this year were those, the one that we had together and then the roundtables afterwards. I just thought it was so much fun. I agree. And honestly, I love talking about things that don't sit well with me because I'm a verbal processor, which is, I think, why I'm so suited for podcasting. I love to understand why things don't work. And I think you and I are similar enough people where 
you are also a processor as well. Like, let's talk about this. And even if we don't end up on the same page, we end up at least understanding each other better, which is honestly what's the most important. Um, But I I love those conversations. I loved, I know. And so this is the funny thing, like, so we had a Prometheus series too, which ended towards, towards like right after Alien Day last year or right before, I can't really remember, but Patrick had a harder time with the Prometheus series. And I don't like that movie at all, but I love talking about it because I want to understand what's not working. I really want to understand the minutiae the minutia of what doesn't work and why it doesn't work, even if it makes me angry, which much of Prometheus makes me really angry. Um, and there are elements of that in Covenant as well. And there's a lot of Covenant that I don't like, but I want to talk about it so I don't feel like I'm crazy. Um, and to your point, we get to this place where we're like, we're kind of coming together, maybe at different perspectives, like, yeah, there's some great worthwhile things. And, but you are like, yeah, I can see the problems too. And we can both enjoy it and discuss it and celebrate it in a way where it doesn't mean we, we see everything eye to eye. It just means that we can move forward without like the, this, like, well, I hate it. Well, I love it. You know what I mean? That kind of, that banter that's so prevalent all over fandom and social media. Um, and I love that. And I, that's what, that's why talking about things is important to me. And that's why I love our discussions about covenant. I love discussing. And I mean, I, for the record, uh, most of our crew are not covenant people. Um, so it's interesting. And we really had to like pull ourselves back as a team, like, Let's make let's make sure we're not going negative for the sake of being negative. Let's find the good in this. What did work for you? And really like balance it because that was hard. It's easy to kind of jump off the negative band, jump onto the negative bandwagon and just shit over things. I mean, that can be fun for a little bit, but that also just creates a, a cycle. And then it just people pick up on it and, they, and it just spirals and spirals and everyone's doing it. And then people are like, oh, shit. That's all we're doing. And I think Covenant suffered from that. But I, we're in a different place now with that where we can really, again, explore what we love and discuss what we don't. And that's why I think the Covenant series, which we're still in right now, there's still things we're going to talk about. We're going to be exploring the life cycle of Covenant in the next episode. And I am so excited to jump back in. Oh yeah, because there are so many things in Covenant that are a joy to talk about and to discuss, and and those those things are they're just plain fun to talk about. But the other things that you're mentioning are also fun to talk about because we emerge from those conversations with a more complete understanding of the film and of each other. I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that is the journey that's fun for listeners, you know, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So if you listen to the to our you know return to where it started episode, the first of this Covenant series you'll notice that our tone is so different because the first time I came on in episode 59, it was a debate. It You're was right. specifically. <laughs> I'm not I, was, I, was, tense. I, I was tense, but I also was there to defend. It was literally called defending alien covenant. I was there yeah. to do that. Right. Yeah. And, and I think I did pretty yeah, well. Did. And I think oh, yeah. that you, you offered a nice rebuttal to it, but it was a, it was basically a two hour argument in the best of ways. It was a two hour, like riposte back and forth. Mm-hmm. But then when I, when we did this return to it for the series, it, the, the nature of the conversation changed completely, not only because we were taking each other's opposite viewpoints quite a lot of the time on things, but because in doing so, we were having a more thorough conversation about it. And I think we were learning things together as we talked about it 
in the episode because we are both verbal processors and all that happens a lot of the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's funny though, is that then for the first round table, you know, like you were saying, we had conversations and I was of course the one most hammering this of like, let's try not to be just <laughs> too negative up front because, you know, a lot of our listeners really do love covenant. I still love covenant. You know, it's, I, I it won't make for good audio if it's just complaining. Right. Uh, which I didn't need to say, cause nobody was going to be doing that, but I said it anyway, but anyway, regardless, you're so nervous. I was, I was, I was waiting for that to go to just tank, you know, because we do get a lot of angry messages from prequel fans That's who true. say, you know, you guys are shitting on the prequels so much. I, I have to push back on that, by the way, because I'm, I don't one think of, so. Yeah. And I, I'm one of you who's complaining. Like I, I am a prequel fan, mostly through covenant, but like, I'm a definitely a defender of it. And I don't feel that at all. I, I think we are having pretty honest conversations about movies that are like clearly not perfect achievements. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But my point being though, um, with the first round table, we went into it with this at this thing of like, let's start from a place of positivity so that when we do get negative, it will feel like it was, you know, couched within a bigger context. But that episode was just positive, like the entire way through and not positive in like a fake way. It was positive in a breathless way. Like we yes. were all cutting each other yes. off because we were like so excited about things. And mm-hmm. I didn't even talk that much in that episode. I mean, people who going into it, I thought were going to be except exceedingly negative, had so many great things to say. Um, and so then we had to have a conversation for the next round table where we're like, all right, let's lead with the negative this time. We've kind of, you know, we've mm-hmm. done a lot of positive stuff. Mm-hmm. And that episode, even though it was definitely more negative, was very constructively negative. And that was great. for I like felt yes. so alive in that episode because it was all these great points that felt like they were earned. And I was just like, man, that is how you do a discussion. You know, I agree. I, th- I thought it was great. And I felt bonded to everyone even more. Yeah. Um, and that's what communication does. That's what happens when you, you are hearing people and they're hearing you, you're, you're, you're moving closer to each other. And that's yeah. what, again, that's what it's about. Right. Totally. Um, I do want to make sure we do Patreon. Is there anything else okay. we want to address before we get um, I say, uh, as we come towards the end of this episode, and we're going to always touch back on things that we've, you know, talked about before and again, or whatever, but uh, I just wanted to, take a few minutes to read some listener comments on our last episode, which was the theatrical version versus the special edition of aliens um, in its 35th year. And we'd never had that discussion before. And we thought it was great. Um, There's a lot of banter. There's a lot of laughing. Um, There's a lot of, a lot of uh, fucking (laughs) century guns. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of exploration into what made it great. What, didn't make it great, why it worked, why it didn't work, why the theatrical worked, why it might have not worked. Um, and so we just wanted to read a few of listener feedback comments and uh, see what you guys think. So I'm just going to, there's like 40 of them. We're not going to read them all, but they are on our Facebook page. If you want to check them out, one of our top fans named Jeff Richard says, watching the special edition right now. Thanks. Thanks to listening to this podcast the other day. Love either version of this movie. I didn't. I did notice during Ripley's inquest that one of the company's suits was doing a crossword puzzle. Those corporate dicks had their minds made up from the beginning! Ex- exclamation point. Which I thought was great. Um, uh, just a great insight, and I thought it was great to have someone say, "Hey, thanks to your show, I'm watching this thing, or I'm seeing this a new way in a new way." Like that's what it's for, you know. Um, another a friend of ours, Aaron Percival, which people might know, um, he runs the public face of 
AVP Galaxy, great people. He's also come up about 700 times in the episode tonight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Aaron writes, good topic. I tried to get you guys on for a similar discussion regarding Alien a few years back, if you remember, but timings just didn't work out. I do remember that. I remember uh, those days. It's an interesting discussion because there's no wrong answer. I prefer the special edition myself, but it's one of those, a little is good, more must be better situations for me. The theatrical release is no worse is no worse off for the removed scenes, which speaks to how superfluous they could be considered. But just all the added content is delicious. Some fantastic points made all around. Really enjoyed this one. All the memory stuff is hilarious, though. For the longest time, I had a memory of seeing a specific picture on the back of my dad's VHS of aliens, of aliens, of Ripley with the flamethrower in the hive and some guy next to her. I'm now sure that that's BS or that's a behind the scenes still. He used BTS, sorry. But that VHS has long since gone, so I'm not sure. I first watched the theatrical edition on VHS. When I finally got my own copy, it was a taped copy of the special edition from Sky One that I wore out until I got my hands on the first Legacy DVD box set. I remember getting that. It's funny, though, because we got both the theatrical edition and the special edition now. But after the special edition's release, that was the one we always got. I don't really. Oh, I see. I see. He's using D E and S E. So I've stopped to actually say the words, but yeah, that's great. Like I, I love that episode just because it's jogging all of our memories about our first experiences. Yeah. And you know, while you're reading the next one, I actually have a region coded specific VHS copy of aliens. That would be the one probably that Aaron had, and it is just out of arm's reach for me. So I'm going to roll my chair over and grab that. Okay. I'm going to check that for you, Aaron. I'm going to see if okay. there's a picture of Ripley with a mysterious man on the back. And while Patrick's doing that, our good friend, He's been on the show before. Gene McDonald says, I love anything aliens, but I also love deep dives into special features and different versions of films to the entire team. Thanks for a great year of content. Happy holidays. Thank you, Gene. You're awesome. I'm actually, he's someone that I met up with this past summer. We went to a bar, had a great time. I got shit based and he helped me get out of the car. Um, uh, Another guy, James Smith, which is so funny because I grew up with someone. Well, he was an adult, but named James Smith who was really instrumental in my love for aliens. Anyways, James Smith says, for years, some aliens fans tried to convince me that the robot center units weren't real, but they were. Amen, brother. Same thing here. Um, let's go. Hang on, Jamie. I have, I, have some, I have a late-breaking update. Okay. So uh, in my extensive research, <sighs> I've uncovered, you will see, this copy of a UK... Aliens VHS tape. Remember that? Rated 18 plus. That cover. Yep. On the back of it is yep. Ripley or Ellen and Dwayne. Dwayne. She's carrying them. And I'm wondering if this is what Aaron was talking about. Aaron, if you're listening, which you probably are, uh, sitting next to Noah Hawley, let us know if that's what you're talking about. <laughs> Larry McKinney says, "Remember, I remember watching the two-night special premiere event on CBS back in the day. First time I watched the movie, it had all the deleted scenes. Wasn't satisfying to watch the theatrical on my VHS, but it found its way on tape in the late 90s. Okay, for a little pushback, Jason Savage savagely says, the most overrated film in the entire franchise, in my humble opinion. Well, there we go. Uh, I don't think it's overrated, but I think what I think people are responding to with those types of comments, it's oversaturated. That's all everyone talks about. I agree with that sentiment. That's all Fox talked about. That's all everyone, because it was the biggest moneymaker and it was, it's the film people love. It's over fucking saturated. Like when we move into 2022, which is 
the 30 year anniversary of alien three, by the way, and before I continue reading one or two more, 2022 is going to be a big year for us, not just because of Alien Day and our Alien Day content, but because we're going to be celebrating what is arguably Patrick and I's favorite film next to the first. And we're going to get back into Alien 3 in a way we haven't before. And we're going to do some script readings. Um, We have a lot of ideas planned for our celebration of Alien 3. And what makes me love Alien 3 even more is the oversaturation of Aliens. It's the film that's forgotten. Um, so you're going to hear a lot about it. You're going to hear us talking about it again. Uh, one of the first things I want to do when we have a roundtable about this is to talk about how we felt hearing what Alien 3 was going to be before we saw it, knowing we were going to go into knowing that Hicks was dead and Newt's, Newt was dead. What that was doing to, to us psychologically. I want to talk about that with our, with our team and get into this film again. But again, I'll get back into the comments. Uh, Alien 3 is not oversaturated. It is underrated and under talk. We don't talk about it very often. We had a great series a couple of years ago, probably at least three years ago by three now. Three years ago. Yeah. Um, and now we're going to re-engage it for the essentially what is going to be a full year of coverage after this covenant series ends. And by the way, again, this is something that we didn't discuss. We're going to have a mini series on the creature um, and the legacy of the creature and its effects in the genre of film, the horror genre, the creature genre. There's so much there because really once the alien came on board, came on board, once the alien came on the (laughs) scene in 79, it changed the way creatures were looked. It changed the way people made creatures for movies and nothing compares to it anyways um, amen my thoughts before alien 3 came out were mostly about if i had peanut butter and jelly in my lunch bag six day. months old so that might, <laughs> i might not be the best guest for that but i do think that i'd be 12 years old no no <laughs> you're probably like eight you're eight years old right i was seven years old when it came okay out. okay but but you know i do remember when i was consciously watching it for the first time as a real movie I was shocked by what happened in the beginning. And yeah, we can, we can talk about that for sure. Okay. So a couple more comments and we'll move on to the end of this episode. This one, uh, one gentleman named David Clancy says, I've never watched the theatrical version. I've owned the special edition for 20 plus years on VHS. Good for you, sir. Never Um, watched it. That's interesting. Um, How do you not? That's very interesting. So our last comment would be from a gentleman named Timo Gruber. When comparing the longest version to the shortest, it's just so much better. If I only knew the short version, I would love this movie a lot less because of a lot of things don't make sense or just aren't mentioned anymore. I guess no one will ever know what happened to the working flamethrower after the escape from the hive. But yeah, still the best movie of all time. Emoji, laughing emoji and a heart. So many different, many different opinions on a film. Doesn't matter what iteration it is that is loved and celebrated day in day out in this fandom amen and you know i think it's interesting to read a number of those comments especially towards the end where people are saying that the special edition for them is the definitive one because without it you're missing a lot i think it says something about you know how we enter into the movie and what the movie means to us and about how hard it would be to part with some of those Mm -hmm. things if you've fallen Mm -hmm. in love with them so for sure as always it's a complicated conversation uh to close us out tonight we wanted to read every single patron name. So uh, I'm going to include personnel who are on here because you deserve to be called out to for, you know, contributing to something you're also a part of. Uh, Jamie and I 
or I guess kind of honorary patrons because we pay for everything out of pocket anyway. So you can, you know, go, we'll go ahead and count ourselves on this list. Um, but this is just, as you're listening to these names, consider yourselves really the crew that drives this ship, this ship and also Shoulder of Orion. You are why we all have this audio equipment now. You are the reason why we don't have to scrounge together in our, you know, the bottom of our PayPal every month to pay things off. Um, you know, you, you, we don't we don't spend a ton of money to produce this, but we do spend money. And over the last year and a half or so, we reached a point where we no longer have to pay everything out of pocket. We are able to actually reimburse things. So, for example, when we do a shipping a contest and we have to ship things out, we have something to reimburse the shipping costs with. When we have somebody come on for uh, you know who's going to be a contributing host, which we now have multiples for both shows of, and they come on with you know without any equipment at all, we can give them you know a forty five dollar voucher to get a better microphone for their computer. Just things like that. Uh, you are all contributing to that. And there has, I can say this very clearly, has been zero wasted uh, contributions from any of you. Like you are going straight to the show and you are making us better and better. And we love you and we thank you and we appreciate you. And without further ado, here are the names. And I'm going to butcher many of them. But you know what? I say that every time and I still have not gotten one angry message from somebody telling me I fucked their name up. So if I do, please do send it to me so I don't say your name wrong every single time. Otherwise, I'm going to assume I know what I'm doing and I know that I don't know what I'm doing. So anyway, here we go. Starting with our two most recent, just the last couple of days, Jason Ald and Zorglum Gloten. R.E.R. Bunce, Dwayne Namor King, Eric Miller, Kazis Varnellis, Rada Alawash, Brooke Johnson, Maj Potatoes, Christian Matska, Sarah Bruins, Josh Cambrian, Kevin, Forrest McKnight, Duncan Scrigmore Lewis, Dan Arnett, Richard Blackwell, Joseph Rosner, Doug Freechen, A.T. Johnston, Andy Geek Girl, Douglas McNaught, Fred in the Clouds, Christopher Egan, Matt Bro, Paul Middleton, Priscilla, Jan Herbertson, Kaidi, Brooke Nestor, Nuccio, Matt Lowe, Erica Ferlito, Tom Christie, John Ransom, Dave Joyce, Ricky Howell, Kevin, Perry Chicos, Ben Wardinsky, Jason Struess, Gene McDonald, Tharmine, Jackie Childers, Stuart Fowether, Dwight Polson, Julian Casey, Dave Turner, Jordacious, CL11B, David Holmes, Jonas Holmston, Tim Lawson, Murray Kucharawi, Reno D, Daniel Purpletree, Chase Kupo, Richard Blackwell, Burke Burnett, Thurian, Rachel Cordy, Nigel Carroll, Richie Ammons, Steve Appleman, Mike Dennis, we got to get him to that event too. David Benson, Tim Hazeldean, Ken S., Peter from the Midwest, Alexander Gates, Carla Rosa, Darren Gold, Nathan Gribble, Xander House, Dom, Stephen Bischoff, Craig Wright, and Daniele Ferlito. And that is it. Thank you all. Thank you so much for letting us do what we do and providing the means to do it. We have a great year uh, planned out. Uh, There's so many things happening, a lot of things to look out for, and we're excited to take that journey with you. Let's do it. Happy New Year's, everybody. Happy New Year. 
For more on Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast, please visit perfectorganism.com. Perfect Organism is available for listen or download through Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and Spotify. If you'd like to support the show, please visit perfectorganism.com forward slash support. Thank you.